Have you started a company, but you think you need to rebrand it? Are you embarrassed to send your clients to your website because you just know it's not right? Well, today we're talking about how to rebrand your company. I'm Alina Bond, an agency owner who helps CEOs launch their own podcast and YouTube show. And today I am joined by a very special guest and my friend, Sarah Harkle Road. She is the co-founder of Dior Design. They have helped build over 500 brands in the last 10 years. So Sarah, thank you so much for being here today. And can you please tell us about who you work with today and how you got here? Yeah, thanks, Alina. So my team and I, we come alongside small business owners who feel like their brand may be holding them back for for one reason or another. So it's really our job to help get them a brand that they're proud of, that helps them attract quality clients, and move their business forward. So that's really what we do. And we work with small businesses really all over the country. And so something we love, most of our clients are in service industries. So that's really our sweet spot because we're a small business who offers a service. I feel like that's who we best understand and just who we can best help. So as far as how we got here, so my husband and I, we were actually childhood friends who turned into high school sweethearts. And we just always knew we wanted to own a small business together. And so we started our graphic design company about 10 years ago. And Paul comes from a small business family. So he's just always known small business. I don't, but I've always been interested in it. And so for us, we just really believe that when small businesses succeed, our families, our communities, and our country are better for it. And so we just see our job is how do we help them succeed? And the best way we know how to do that is with a strong brand. Wow. I love that you guys have known each other basically your whole lives and look at the work that you're doing. So tell me what's the division of responsibilities between you and your husband? Oh, that's a good question. So so as far as owner responsibility, we make decisions 50-50 and we work really well together. Thank goodness. We both respect each other enough to talk to each other about, you know, what do we want to do here? As far as day-to-day, so I am anything sales or talking to new potential clients or anything like that. And then I'm also pretty involved in our actual services that we provide. And I think that helps me better educate our clients about what we do and just keep, I like keeping one foot in both camps there. Mm -hmm. So I will actually personally do some designs for our clients. I do brand strategy for all of our clients. So I'm very involved in the day-to-day of the business. For Paul, he's actually an attorney as well. And so he's kind of the the business side, like sales tax and compliance and contractor agreements. And we do have employees in a few different states. And so there's some hoops we have to jump through there. And so because of his legal background, he's just a natural with that, which is great. I'm so thankful that that he can do that piece for us. So we are very opposite. And people who know Paul, they're like, so do you design logos? He's not creative at all. And so don't worry, he's not designing your brand. He's just making sure you pay your invoice. Like that's all. So oh. Anyways, we're good at different things. So we have pretty clear swim lanes, which is good. Wow. That sounds like the perfect partnership. So in your 10 years running your company, 500 brands, tell me about who are most of your clientele? Yeah. So most of our uh, clients are like small businesses. And when I say small, like pretty small, like one to 10 people, sometimes we'll have people reach out who are just like, I'm a solopreneur. Am I too small to work with you? No, we love working with one person businesses because you have one decision maker, which makes it really easy for us to help them be successful. And so um, most of them are one to 10 people. We work with small businesses bigger than that, but just 
that's kind of the way it's worked out. Most of them are pretty small like that. And then a lot of professional service industries. And I kind of like working with those non-sexy industries like healthcare, finance, a lot of home services, like builders, landscapers, maintenance and cleaning companies and things like that, where it's just what they do. It's very straightforward, but they're just very good at it. And so we want to help kind of put a bow on what they do and help them better package that for for their business so they can attract higher quality clients. So that's really who we can best help. We do work with some that are maybe in newer industries like fitness and health coaches and things like that as well. We're online coaching and we get into that just a little bit as well too. But if I can tell that they're really clear on who they are and what they do, then I know we can help them. But the ones that are still very fluid in that, sometimes I'll coach them to actually clarify some of that before they invest in their brand. Yes, exactly. And because that's the thing, we have to be so clear about who we're working with so we can communicate it so people understand. But starting a new brand is different than rebranding. So how do you know that a company is ready for a rebrand? Yes. So if you have a small business, there's a few ways you can tell if you need a rebrand. So the first one is if you are embarrassed to send people to your website, or you cringe every time you send something out with your logo design on it, or your clients are constantly confused about what you do, you probably already know deep down that you need to do a rebrand. And we have a lot of our clients will come to us and say, oh my gosh, my website's so bad. I, I don't even want you to look at it. Don't, don't even reference that. And so it's like, they come to us knowing that I need this. Right. Um, so those ones are easy. And so another way to know if you need a rebrand is if you're really good at what you do, but your business has plateaued. Um, your brand is probably what's holding you back. And so an easy way to tell if you're in that camp is if you have no problem keeping your existing clients, like your clients that you do work with, love you, you get great reviews. They're referring other people to you. That means you're good at what you do. They wouldn't do any of those things if you weren't. But if you struggle on the side of attracting new clients, then that means that you probably offer a great service wrapped in a bad brand. And so people who don't already know you and know that you're great, they wouldn't be able to tell just by your website or your logo or the way you communicate about your services. So that's really a red flag that your brand is probably the problem and it's time for a rebrand. And then the third way, if you just want to kind of remove the guesswork, you can actually do a formal brand audit where basically we just take inventory of your brand, all the pieces of it, and can kind of identify which pieces are holding you back the most or what are those weak links in your brand. We'll also point out anything that's working well for you too. But you can get a formal brand audit score so that if you go to do a rebrand, you know where what are your highest payoff activities? Like where do you need to invest the most of your, your attention or your budget, whether it's your website or your messaging or your logo or anything like that. And actually, we will do a free brand audit through the end of this year for anybody listening to this podcast. So if you, as you're heading into next year, if you're kind of curious about where does my brand stack up? Is that something I need to budget for next year? We'll do a free brand audit for you and just send you a report that details each aspect of your brand so that you know if that's something that you should be thinking about or if you're in good shape already. Oh, I love that. So how do they know if the investment is going to pay off? I feel like people are really scared about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a, a rebrand is scary because you already have something, even if it's not working great, it's a known entity for you. And it, it's a little bit of a process and it is an investment to, to rebrand your business. And so you want to know. Like, how do I measure the results of this? There are two things that we see as like the primary factors for a rebrand being successful. 
So the first is actually the quality of the rebrand. If you say, okay, it's time for a rebrand and I'm going to find a logo on Fiverr and then I'm going to have my nephew who does websites kind of makes it like put my new logo on there. And then my office manager, she kind of plays around with Facebook advertising. So she'll do a little bit of that. And you call that your rebrand. You're probably not going to see great results. Even if any of those one people are good at what they do, nobody's in charge of really connecting the dots in a powerful way for you. So you might have good isolated pieces of your brand, but they're not all going to come together for a cohesive result that you're looking for. So I would say first to make sure you're going to see a good return on investment in your rebrand, you really need to have a professional team who can take a more comprehensive and holistic approach. So don't say, I'm going to do one piece of it, you know, one piece at a time as my budget allows and just never quite connect the dots there. So first thing, make sure that you have a professional team who has you know proven results and experience with a company like yours to do your rebrand. And then I would say the other one is that's a key factor to the success of your rebrand is that you actually need to be good at what you do. So if you are not good at what you do, putting a better brand on your service, you're going to get a short-term bump. And we've seen this. It's really sad. We've seen it with a few clients where they get a short-term bump from their new brand. And then their clients figure out like, you're still offering the same bad service or you never fixed this problem. And those clients, they leave. And a lot of them will even leave a bad review on their way out the door, which can be really hard to recover from. So if you have trouble keeping your clients, or if you have trouble managing your online reputation, I would actually suggest that you first invest in your services and like tightening those up before you invest in your brand, because those are the clients that we've seen are not, don't see success with their brand refresh or their rebrand. So that's what I would say. Pay for a quality team, like professional team with proven success to do your rebrand, but then also make sure that your services are in good shape. And small businesses, we're always improving. And so there's always things you know you can do better in your business and that's fine. But if you're just consistently getting bad feedback on your services, fix that first before you do your brand. That's so smart. I'm so glad that you said that. We can make a beautiful brand for anyone, but if at the end of the day, your client goes through your service and they're not happy, well, (laughs) that's not a good way to grow a business. And even if, even if your revenues are so low and then you spend so much on marketing and then you wonder why is, why is it not evening out? Well, obviously you have more things that you need to figure out as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) seen that happen. And it's really, you have to go to the core of what is driving your business. And then now how do we find more people, not the other Mm -hmm. way around? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So with all of your branding projects, tell me about the hardest rebranding project that you did and what did you learn from that? Yes. So we actually, even though we specialize in working with small businesses, like that's really our sweet spot. We do work with a number of churches and nonprofit organizations as well. And so if they come to us and they find us, if we can help them, we do. And so, but one thing that we picked up on after working with a few nonprofit organizations and churches was kind of a common, like problematic pattern. It's kind as soon as you're a nonprofit organization, you're usually going to appoint a committee to you know, to, to be the decision maker. So you have a group of people making a decision. And so one project in particular that I'm thinking of was a rebrand that we did for a church, great people that we were working with, but there was, I call it like design by committee and (laughs) basically, and it just does not work. And 
And then I, you know, we were trying to get creative direction and everybody was inserting like personal preferences mm-hmm. of like, well, I like purple, you know, but I like, I like orange or I like this font or I like this font. And it became about trying to accommodate a group of people's personal preferences. And they really lost sight of like, what's actually going to be the most effective brand for our church to help expand our impact. So with that, that was a pretty painful process. It was literally like, months and like dozens of designs of back and forth. And it was like guess and check design. Like they couldn't quite articulate what they wanted because there wasn't a single voice for the committee. So there were dozens of designs. Like we were frustrated. We're like losing money on the project. And by the end, like the committee was kind of tired too. So they just settled for a design that's like, nobody hated it, but nobody really loved it. And they're like, all right. And so it was just a really big letdown for everybody, like our team included of just like, all of this work. And this is where we ended up like, surely there's a better way. So after that project, we kind of regrouped as a team and said, okay, we know what clients need to do to be successful through the rebranding process, but we need to, it's our job as professionals to do a better job of coaching them up front Mm -hmm. on how they can get to the result they're looking for. Mm -hmm. And so a few things we pinpointed was even if you do have a committee, that's okay. And that's just a fact, you know, if you're working with a nonprofit or a church, but you need to appoint one like single final decision maker within that committee and somebody who can be the voice of the committee so that we're not getting conflicting guidance about like, you know, try these six different directions, but okay, as a committee, these are some things we're thinking, you know, this is kind of the idea we want to run with. And our team will still be a sounding board for them on that too, to help them navigate different opinions or things like that or different options. But that's one thing, make sure there's a single decision maker, single voice of the committee. And then also just training people about, if I'm branding, you know, whether it's your business or your church or your nonprofit, it's not about what your favorite color is, or it's not about, you know, your favorite logo that you've seen. It's about what's going to resonate with your target market. And that's really, we're not necessarily designing for you. We're designing for your target market and what's going to resonate with them. And so how do we come together with you to kind of define what that needs to look like? And that really just takes the pressure off of people to feel like, what has to match all of my favorite things. It's like, no, it's actually what's going to be the most effective and help expand the impact of our organization or move my business forward or help me attract quality clients. So I think after that project, we just took a more active role in educating our clients right up front on how they can see the best results. And that's really helped. And actually that church, there is a a happy ending to that story. They came back to us five years later for a rebrand and it was night and day difference. Like we actually like, up front, we said, okay, these are some things that we've seen have not worked, you know, and there's some of the same people involved in the project, night and day difference. It went very smoothly. They love the end result. They've gotten great feedback on it. Like it's really helping their church, like really build a brand in the local community. So it's like perfect. So it works, but it was really painful learning that the first time around though. So. Wow. Oh my gosh. And I'm, I've definitely been in that position as well. And, oh, that is just so brutal. And now I learned the same thing where when I start with the team, I say, who here do I talk to for the answer? I'm not talking Mm -hmm. to all five of you because everyone has different opinions. And at the end of the day, a big mistake people make is making it about themselves Mm -hmm. and they lose track of, wait a second, if we're trying to attract your clients, well, then we need to think about what they want. And yeah. so I, now I just, honestly, I just say, nope, nope, 
is what we need to do. And I think they respect it more because they realize, oh, well, obviously they know what they're doing and we're going to listen because we've just seen it so many times that what's the point in messing around when we already know the answer? (laughs) Yes. And it kind of moves you out of like very subjective world where it's like, oh, what do I like? Or, okay, well then when I see something new this weekend, I'm going to come back to you with a new idea. And it gets you out of that subjective, what do I like into very objective, like what works. And like for us, I'm like, okay, we've done this for 10 years and we've helped 500 small businesses walk through this process. We know what works. We're taking the pressure off of you to figure out what that is. And so we want to hear if you have preferences, we'll take those into account, but we're going to coach you on what's actually going to get you the best results. And at the end of the day, the client, has, they still approve the design or disapprove. So they still have that final say. But I think just letting them know how much thought we've put into it and that it is about what works and not just what you like. I think that does really help. And it takes the pressure off of them some. So what would you say is the secret to rebranding success? Yes. So I would say just don't underestimate the process. It doesn't need to be big or scary or even that expensive. But a lot of small business owners, they come in and they're just thinking about just their logo or just a website update, or just tweaking their messaging. They're not thinking about all of it. Um, And so they really underestimate the process when they go into it. And so they just don't come in prepared and thinking big enough about what needs to be done, but also what's possible. Mm -hmm. And so I think that probably the secret is find a good team that you can trust um, and somebody who you feel like really gets uh, gets you in your business, who can guide you through the process. Don't try to do it alone. Don't try to piece together your Fiverr logo designer and your nephew who does websites and somebody in-house who knows a little bit about Facebook marketing. You're not going to see results that way. So you want one team who can connect all the dots for you in a really powerful way. And whether that's our team or another branding company that you know, that you know like that's really where you're going to see success is by doing that. And just be self-aware enough as a business owner to know when you're getting outside your area of expertise. If you're like me, I got into business because I think I can do some things better than, than other people can. It's like, oh, I can do that better. I'm going to build a business around that. And so it's easy to carry that mindset into things that are well outside my zone of genius where I'm like, why did I think I could do this? And so I think a lot of small business owners do that when it comes to their brand and they think I can do that or I know enough there. And they can kind of get themselves into trouble. And the ones that I've seen do that a lot, like a lot of our clients come to us about halfway through that process where they're confused or they're frustrated, or they just quit altogether, like halfway through their own kind of cobbled together rebrand. And their brand is actually in worse shape than when they first started, because now it's got like some of the old stuff and some new and like people are even more confused. And so I just think find the right team that can guide you through the process and take a holistic, comprehensive approach, do it one time the right way. And then you don't need to worry about it again, instead of just kind of dragging it out over a long time. Yes. And that did just make me think that I know we were talking earlier about the cost of investment to rebrand is high. However, if you are at that point where you're good at your service, but you feel like you've plateaued. Well, then think about the money that you're leaving on the table, not doing this important rebrand to attract new clients and really build your reputation. That is, should be equally as scary, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's the money that you're leaving on the table? And just thinking as a small business owner, like I get it. We all work really hard. 
and you want to move your business forward. There's so much you can do from your own hard work, but if there's a piece of your your business, like you're as big as your brand, that's kind of putting a ceiling on, on you and your growth, that's like, why wouldn't you want to remove that? And a rebrand really can be a very strong catalyst to help take your business to the next level where you can build credibility for your business, attract higher quality clients, better communicate your services so that people, when they reach out, they're ready to move forward because they're already educated about what you do. There's just a lot there that can really, really move your business forward if you kind of take that holistic, comprehensive approach to your rebrand. Yes, I agree. Because at the end of the day, perception is reality. If your Mm -hmm. brand doesn't look good, then how good is your service going to be? Or if your brand looks amazing, then I'm assuming that you're going to provide an amazing service. And so- Why, why make it harder on your clients when you could just fix it? (laughs) Yeah. And going back to how do you know if it's time for a rebrand? And so you offer good service, but your business is plateaued. We see this problem with a lot of established small businesses. A lot of new businesses come out of the gate knowing, okay, I need a brand. I need to invest in my brand. But let's say that you're an optometrist and you've been in town the longest and you're really good at what you do. And you keep your patients just fine. Like they leave you great reviews, but there's maybe two or three more optometrists in the area who have, who have popped up. The new ones are investing in their brand when they start. And so if you feel like you're losing potential clients or patients to newer, less experienced competitors that you're like, I know I do a better service, but why does everybody keep going to them? It's because they just have a better brand. Mm -hmm. And so that's where it's like, you might've been able to start by not investing in your brand and branding. It's even more important now than it it has been before, just because the market has changed and what people look for and how they make decisions. Mm -hmm. And we see that with a lot of our more established small businesses that it's like, I'm the best in town and I know I am, but I'm finding it harder and harder to communicate that to people. A lot of them, it's just, again, they do a great service wrapped in a bad brand. And their competitors don't do as good of a service, but they have a better brand. And so they're the ones that are getting the clients. And that's something we try to just help them understand, help them sidestep that. It's like, imagine, okay, you offer the best service. Imagine if you also had the best brand, you're unstoppable then. And so how do we help you put that combination together? Mm, Yes. Then you would dominate. Yeah. And, And then creating a better brand is easier than waiting all those years for them to perfect their service. So if you're at that point, well, then it's really silly of you not to do that, right? Yeah. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for this wonderful conversation. I had a blast talking with you and I know that my customers are going to love hearing about these tips on how they know they're ready for a rebrand as well. So can you please tell us if people are interested to get in contact with you, where they can find more information about Dior Design? Yeah, definitely. So you can go to um, our website. It's daordesign.com. And daor is just D-A-O-R and then design.com. It's the word road spelled backwards from my last name, Harkle Road. So that's where that comes from. Every once in a while, people ask us. But so if you go to the website, you can either call or email. If you call, you literally get Peggy, our office manager, and she will see that we get connected. And I can talk to you about next steps with your brand or if you might need a rebrand. And then also if you email, I will personally see your email that comes through. So, and if you're interested in doing a free brand audit between now and the end of the year, so you know you know where your brand stands as you head into next year, just mention that you heard me on this podcast and I'll see that we get you a free brand audit as well. Wonderful. Well, thank you again so much. <laughs>
Thera. And if anyone's out there listening and you are interested in increasing your content marketing strategy, you want to start a podcast and YouTube show, please visit effortlessengine.com. We'll help you power your message into new territory. What are you waiting for? The world is waiting to join your journey.